I'm Alex Mito. And I'm James Milley. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. Good afternoon, business artists and art entrepreneurs. Welcome back to the Artist Business Plan. My name is Alex Mito, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair, the most widespread art fair for artists in the United States. As you may know, we're also a business resource for all things art, artists, and marketing of art. Next to me is James Milley, my partner and Superfine's other co-founder and our managing partner. Say hi, James. Hi. And we're here today with Corey Huff. Corey is the founder of The Abundant Artist and has been helping artists sell their art online since 2009, which is practically a century where e-commerce and online art sales are concerned. He has helped (laughs) hundreds of artists. Corey's laughing. He's helped hundreds of artists just like you figure out how to navigate the hidden path of the fine art career. His book, How to Sell Art Online, Live a Creative Life on Your Own Terms, was published by HarperCollins, and his writing has appeared in Professional Artist Magazine, multiple newspapers, and dozens of radio shows and podcasts. He has guest lectured on marketing at schools like Southern Methodist University, Pacific Northwest College of Art, and the Fashion Institute of Technology right here in New York, and given workshops in multiple countries. Corey is also a serial entrepreneur and a marketing consultant. Corey, that was a mouthful, but we're super glad to have you with us today, and we can't wait for what we've got in store. Well, thanks so much for having me, Alex. Uh, It's good to meet you, and I am excited to chat with you and your audience today. Yeah, we appreciate it. So there's something we do on every podcast before we get started, and it's a question we're going to ask you, Corey. We want to know the real Corey. What's the earliest memory you have of art, and did you realize then that you'd be dedicating your life to working with art and artists? You know, I've been all over the map artistically. When I was very young, I was into visual art. But my earliest memory of art that resonated with me was the summer between fourth and fifth grade. I was in a theater camp and we did The Wizard of Oz. I fell in love with it. I loved it so much that I was like, I got to do this for the rest of my life. So that was sort of my, my fall in love with art moment. Thank you for sharing that with us. Corey, you've been coaching artists on their business practices for 11 years and counting now. I'm sure you've seen all kinds of students in all kinds of situations. What is the number one mistake most artists out there are making when it comes to their business practice? Buying into the idea that artists can't make money from their work. I think that's probably the thing that stops most artists from even getting started. I think it's very common in art school for professors to tell their students that they shouldn't try to make a living from their work or whatever. And the starving artist is a very popular meme that exists in our culture. But I spend all of my days with artists who are doing well. And there there really is just a whole other world out there of artists who are not worried about prestige, not worried about whether or not people think that their art belongs in the pantheon somewhere, but instead just we're just making their work and talking to the people who like their work and selling their work to those people. Anybody who is like trying to achieve a place in the art pantheon, we're really bad at picking which artists are going to be the ones that are remembered. Like we, have, we have so much survivorship bias when it comes to what great art is. We tend to think, oh, that artist was always great and was always well-known. But obviously, there are multiple examples of artists who were unknown and, and whose work was deemed not great while they were alive or, you know, whatever. And I think artists need to instead just focus on what they want to do. If they want to make a living from their work, they should try to do that uh, and not worry about what the critics say. 
Yeah, I think that's a message that would really resonate with our artists as well at Superfine because these are all people who are taking their careers in their hands and really, you know, trying to make a living doing it. And a lot of them are succeeding. And, and it's something when you talk about kind of getting over that mindset of like the starving artist mentality, it reminds me of a friend of ours, Marina Granger from the Artist Advisory, who was on the podcast recently, and what she calls the scarcity mindset. And a lot of artists mm-hmm. have that you know, mindset of like, collectors are scarce, money is scarce, I can't make a living doing this. And if that's reinforced by you know, art school professors, first of all, that, that sucks. Second of all, you know, it's not the truth. And it's, it's great to hear that you know, you're working with artists who are making a living, making it work, and making art. It's very cool. Let's, uh, let's switch gears now and talk about something we've only just glossed over on this podcast before, which is passive income. For those who are uninitiated here, passive income has become something of a buzzword among the entrepreneurial community since books like 4-Hour Workweek came out several years back. Uh, and really, who can blame them? Uh, getting paid when you hang out on a beach somewhere while the internet makes money for you is a great prospect. But artists out there might be saying, that won't work for me because the only thing I have to sell is what I create. So Corey, I know that you recently did a blog article on The Abundant Artist about passive income for artists. So let's Mm -hmm. talk about the three ways artists actually can generate passive income. Sure. One is teaching, selling pre-recorded lessons, right? Those could be video lessons, could be printed lessons in books, that kind of stuff. Then there's like selling prints, duplicates, whether, whether, whatever that's screen prints or, you know, gclays or whatever. And then the other one is uh, licensing. Licensing is a big one. I think the term passive income is a bit of a misnomer. It's more like, I think the more accurate word would be like leveraged income because passive income doesn't mean that you never touch the work. doesn't mean that you don't do anything. It just means that you can sell to people when you're not actively working on it. And you can sell multiple copies of something without you having to physically be there. But with any of those, there's still work to do. There's still people that you got to talk to and things you got to do that are not making art in order to make the sale. Got it. In any specific ways, I like that we talked a little bit about the multiples here. Any specific ways that you would recommend you know, for artists to sell maybe art objects that are based on their work? Any specifics that you've seen there? So when it comes to selling prints or coffee mugs, calendars, any of that kind of stuff, it's all basically the same. You build an audience and you point people to that audience, right? That's sort of what Instagram is for and what your email list is for. And there are an infinite number of websites and options and tools you can use to have those things created. Uh, So you can create them yourself and it's very time consuming and you have to charge more because it takes longer to do it. Or you can just use a third-party service that will print your work and ship it for you. It's called drop shipping. And there's a whole bunch of companies that will do that. There's a resource on our website for free that lists most of the companies that drop ship the big ones. There's always, there's also regional printers, but basically you set up a deal with them uh, where somebody comes to your website, they order something and then the order goes to the printer, the printer prints it and ships it off. And you don't have to do anything other than collect a check and put the images on your website. And then if you're talking about third-party marketplaces, so you got something like art.com or Fine Art America, Society6, or any of the other marketplaces, you put your images on that third-party website. They have millions of people that come to their website, but there's also thousands of other artists, right? So you're just one of potentially tens of thousands of artists that are on that website. But it's nice, it's nice to be there because you might get some sales, but those marketplaces make money by having tens of thousands of artists on their site. 
and they they sort of depend on each artist selling a handful of things and that ends up being a lot of sales for them and just a handful of sales for the artist so i always tell artists set that stuff up on your own website it's really easy to set that infrastructure up uh so do it on your website rather than promoting and sending people to third-party marketplaces yeah, we generally agree with you there. And I really like that you mentioned drop shipping, which is something I think a lot of artists don't think about and a lot of other entrepreneurs do. So if I were going to go to the abundant artist, I could look up drop shipping and find a resource there to with some top drop yeah, shippers. If you okay. the the top the top way to get there is to just go to our free membership library, which is right there in the top navigation menu. You register for free on the website and there's a spreadsheet. It's a Google, a Google Doc. It has a list of all of the companies that all the big national ones that do drop shipping. You can find the one that best fits with your business practices and go from there. That's amazing. So I'm going to move on uh, to the next topic here, which is something I know that you're interested in, which is also near and dear to our heart at Superfine, and that's SEO for artists. We actually taught a few masterclasses on that this spring and summer. We have a pretty good familiarity with it, but let's dive into your perspective. What is SEO and what are some easy things artists can do to improve theirs? So SEO stands for search engine optimization, and it's basically letting the search engines know what your website is about so that they know when somebody searches for something to find, to show them your website. The challenge you run into when you're talking about SEO is if you are a painter or a sculptor, Google can only put 10 websites on the first page of Google for painters, right? So if somebody searches like oil painting, they're going to find art.com, they're going to find artsy, they're going to find those big websites because those companies have a lot of resources and a big name. So you have to get really specific about who you are and what you do as an artist, right? So if you are a forest oil painter who lives in Nashville, Tennessee, then that's going to be a lot more specific. Your website's a lot more likely to come up for something like that. So you just got to think about how do you want people to find you? How, do you, how are you going to differentiate yourself from everybody else? And then make sure that you fill in the right information on your website's metadata all that stuff is easily looked up, either your class or moz.com or something will show how all that's done. And if you're using like WordPress or Shopify or any of those kind of sites, as long as you fill out all the information that they ask you to fill out when you set up your website, you should be good uh, as long as you're specific, like I just mentioned. The other half of SEO is Google needs to know not only what your page is about, but if there's multiple pages about that thing, which website to rank first for that thing. The way Google figures that out is they look and see what other websites and people on the internet are pointing to that website. And that could be links, that could be social media shares, it's a variety of other factors. So the more people who talk about your website, link to your website, the more popular your website is, and the more likely it's going to be to rank for a particular search term. The best, most important thing that you can do is get other websites to link to your website. That's usually PR, getting companies to write articles about you as an artist, getting yourself in the news, getting other artists to talk about you, getting lots of shares on social media. That kind of stuff means you're going to rank better in search engines. That's really great advice, Corey. And on the social media sharing and the linking front, which in SEO parlance is is backlinking, it always sounds really hard. Um, But artists, I mean, you're getting covered frequently in a lot of cases. A lot of the artists who are in Superfine are getting three to four media mentions per fair. It's a matter of asking to have your website linked to in those articles. And the majority of the time, I mean, most press is online right now, let's be real. So it's just asking the writer or the journalist, hey, would you mind just linking over to my site? And then voila, you have a backlink. And same with social media. 
One thing we call it the, the dollar in the tip jar effect is when you have a new page on your website that you're trying to promote and build SEO for, running Facebook ads to it, even at a low budget and selecting the engagement objective, meaning you get people to share it, those shares become these social media links to your site. So these are ways that you can engineer your SEO once you've used those, what you said, Corey, the very specific terms people are searching for, like forest painter in Nashville, if that is in fact a term, we're not guaranteeing it is, use those terms and then do a little extra work to get people there and that can kind of stick and improve your SEO over time. So Corey, a lot of our artists listening are actually exhibiting in their own booths at upcoming Superfine fairs or other fairs. At Superfine specifically, the collectors meet their, sorry, the artists meet their collectors face to face. And that's something that we've seen over 75% of our visitors saying that that's not only their favorite aspect of the fairs, but they actually prefer meeting the artist one-on-one. So your platform, The Abundant Artist, focuses on how to sell art online, which is obviously a huge component of sales these days and one that we're heavily investing in as well at Superfine. What advice would you have for an artist on how to maintain that personal connection with buyers and prospects that they get at an art fair, but when the selling is happening online? So this is such an interesting time, right? With so few people going out and most events canceled, how do you stay in touch? Like email and text messages, Instagram messages, I just got an email literally yesterday from an artist that, I, that we've worked with who lives in the UK. And she is one of those artists that you're talking about. She does these big outdoor art shows. She did the UK flower show a couple of years ago, was the featured artist at this huge outdoor event with 100,000 artists. When COVID came down, all of her events were canceled for the rest of the year. So like where 90% of her income was coming from totally gone. So she was panicked and worried. She just emailed me this week to say, she basically reached out to all of her existing collectors, all the people who've purchased from her before, said, hey, you know, all my shows are canceled, but if you want to come out to my studio, we'll put masks on and I'll walk you through the studio and show you what I'm doing. All my stuff's online if you want to buy any of it. And she's actually having her best year ever. She's making more money than she ever has before. And she's super stoked about the fact that she made this effort to reach out to all of her collectors one-on-one. It really is just reaching out to each of them and saying, I just wanted you to know, we usually have this relationship based at this art fair. And she does a good job of keeping her records right. So she knows so-and-so bought this piece of art because they came to this show or whatever. And she reached out to them and said, hey, I, you know, I saw you at the Flower Festival a couple of years ago and just wanted to know that that's not happening this year. And if you are interested in taking a look at any of my paintings, here's my website. Let me know if you want to come down and take a look at anything in the studio or you can just purchase directly from my site. I love that. And I want to kind of highlight a couple things there. One, you mentioned she keeps excellent records. Huge, mm-hmm. right? So when you do art fairs, getting those records and emails of the people that buy your art and also the prospects that want to buy your art is so important for getting through times when you might not be able to have as much physical connection. And two, this kind of relates back to the mindset thing, right? And really thinking, oh, wow, I actually can reach out to people and it turned into her best year ever. And that's not the first time I've heard that from someone this year. It's that's a very motivational story, I think. Um, we, uh, so we run a number of uh, small coaching groups at The Abundant Artist and we have Facebook Messenger groups for each group. So I'm constantly seeing updates from the artists as they're talking through their businesses every day. And uh, this is very common for the artists in our groups is 
talking about like, you know, beginning of the year, it was a little bit, a little panicky, but yeah, now they're all like one artist, like the USPS problem, right? Like shipping is a, a disaster right now. It's a total mess. But like one artist was, was like, my, my collector hasn't received this painting. We have no idea when it's going to get there. So I repainted it for her over the course of a couple days and I drove it to her and left it at her house. And the collector was super happy, told everybody about it, like posted about it on social media. Like you just have to figure out a way to make your collectors happy and they will come back and reward you. Absolutely. But that's a great story too. I mean, like it's not the, not the norm, but it's great. Cool. So I want to kind of revert back. We, we talked about prints before and multiples, and I've noticed a lot on your site that you're talking about selling prints. And, and that's an awesome route for artists to go because you can theoretically make an almost infinite amount of income after creating one work. It's a really good reward to risk ratio. It may not be passive income, but it's still much less than just creating and selling, creating and selling. Mm-hmm. So what are a couple of the best selling practices for selling prints online? Yeah. Um, I really like the idea of pre-selling a run of prints, especially if you're new to it. Being able to say, you know, maybe you have five or 10 of your pieces that are the most popular pieces. You email your audience or your collectors, or even just if you just have like a friends and family list and you're just getting started and you say, I'm going to do a run of prints. I'm going to do a hundred pieces of these three or four pieces. If you want to be a part of this, go here, prepay, right? It's like doing a Kickstarter or a crowdfunding campaign. You set up a payment link on your website and and then you say, if we get a minimum of 10, then we'll do a run of those prints. You give yourself 30 days to promote the heck out of it. I don't know that I've talked to any of the artists who I've suggested to do that, who haven't been able to get at least one run out of that. It's a great way to, to list build. It's a great way to let people know what you're doing. It's a great way to get people who are interested in your work, but are hesitant to drop five grand to give you some money. Yeah, I think that's an incredible idea. And it's something I've seen artists do before too. And I like, it fits well with what you said before that this leveraged income versus passive. You do mention 30 days of promoting the heck out of it. So creating a limited run, getting that buy-in from your potential collectors that you know, if they support this, it'll, it'll happen, it'll get made. And I think that's sort of the psychological impetus behind Kickstarter and GoFundMe too, is if I do this, this will happen. And really, really pushing. And I mean, the fact that you've seen it happen for artists where they actually get the run made. And I've actually participated in those before and bought actually one of the pieces that's on the wall behind me as one of 78 that the artist had said, yeah. you know, I'll make as many as people commit to buy. And I think I got 77 out of 78. So did, he did pretty well on it. I think it's, that's about eight or $9,000. And I love what you're saying because like you said, somebody may not be ready to put down $5,000 or a couple thousand dollars, but they are interested in your work and want to have it in their home. And that's the ultimate advertisement for you. Someone has already given you some money. They've taken your art home and it's on their wall. And later down the road, when they, you know, maybe they buy a second home, maybe they upgrade their current home and they're ready for another piece, a big one over the couch or over the fireplace. You're the one who comes to mind because they already have your print, which I think is awesome. I love that strategy of building the buzz for the launch. It's very cool. Yep. Awesome. So we're coming to the end here, Corey. If you could leave our audience of entrepreneurial artists with one word of advice to grow their career and sell more art online and in person, what would that be? Just keep working. Once you know what your style is and who you are as an artist and how to present yourself, it is roughly a three to five year process 
to turn your art into a business that will support you and, and you'll be in good shape financially. Right. Uh, it can happen faster for some artists. Sometimes you get lucky and the right person sees your work and they tell their friends and you go viral. Sometimes it can take longer. You might have a health scare. You might have, you know, family members have problems or some other obstacle and it, and it might take more than five years. But once you ha- feel good about your style and you, and you have a, a specific style that is recognizable and you've created a line of work and you know how to talk about yourself in, a, in an interesting and compelling way, three to five years is, is my general advice. So plan for that. Don't try to think I'm going to make a living from my work next by, by the, by the end of next year or whatever plan for the long haul. And if that means getting a day job while you're growing your art business, that's fine. It's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's a marathon, not a sprint plan for three to five years may sound like a lot, but it's really not. So really put your time and energy and keep working. Thank you so much, Corey. That's so inspirational for the artists out there. To all of you business artists, Corey's been here with us today, dropping absolute advice bombs. And you're going to want to go over to the website and check out the show notes. You can find those by visiting www.superfine.world. If you want to connect with Corey to learn more about The Abundant Artist, go ahead and follow him on Instagram at The Abundant Artist or visit www.theabundantartist.com to learn more. Both of those will be in the show notes as well. As always, remember that we're Superfine Art Fair on Instagram. If you want to give us a quick hello or learn more about how to apply for and exhibit at one of our upcoming fairs in 2021 and beyond around the US, just drop us a line at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world. And as always, I'd like to end the class by sharing a quick quote with you all. And that quote is, Being good in business is the most fascinating kind of art. Making money is art and working is art and good business is the best art. And that is, of course, Andy Warhol, the ultimate business artist. Corey, it's been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thanks for joining us. Everyone else for having me. You're very welcome. Everyone else, have an awesome rest of your day. Remember to stay on top of your artist business plan, get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this in all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so just follow us on Instagram at Superfine Art Fair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Just shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world. Thank you.